Well, um, I'm so excited to be talking to Ella Harp today. Are you there? Oh, wait, uh, where is she? Hello, Ella, are you there? I am. Good morning. Okay. Or, good morning, my of... time. I guess it's afternoon for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, well, it's after, just a little bit after 12 here, yes. Uh, I am so excited to be speaking to you again. Uh, it was about, I think, about a year and a half. First of all, I have to say, a couple of days ago, I contracted a little bit of laryngitis, so I'm a little, my voice is a little oh, cracky. That's okay. I'm so sorry. Uh, no, no, it's just... I think it, I passed from my wife to myself, and it, it gets a little crazy. But anyway, like I said, uh, it is, I'm so excited to be here. Last time was about a year and a half ago, and we were talking about uh, Screaming Into the Void. And this time, I get to talk about, we get to talk about Lost in January, which I am, uh, well, I'll tell you a little about how I feel about that later. Uh, some, we talked about some personal history, your musical training and background last time. The songs from that album, and um, you also called us from uh, Moss Beach. Are you there at this point? I am. Oh. I am in the I'm in the very same spot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is great because I was. I think I mentioned to you that I used to live there in the late '70s. So uh, yes, you did. Yeah, it's so yeah. crazy. Yeah, I know. It's uh, just thinking about it. I go, what a great place to be. Uh, a musician and writing songs and uh, just the stuff that you do. Um, so uh, just to just to start, how are you doing today? How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's beautiful here. It's it's sort of like an it's still reasonably warm, but we had some rain last night. Mm -hmm. And I go I jump in the ocean every day, so I just got back from jumping in the water, and it was really beautiful. Everyone was surfing. It was, uh -huh. it was very nice conditions. So Moss Beach sends its love. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, uh, that that's that's good. Thank you. All right. Um, you know, uh, this, like I said, the past week I've uh, been really just doing a deep dive into these songs. And I tell you, some of them have brought me to tears. They're so good. Um, oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it came out in the, the end of June this year. Is that correct? I think it was like... Correct, yeah. I think it was 22nd, 23rd. Yeah, 23rd. somewhere around there. That's when I first heard about it. So, because all I had heard was uh, just the title track, uh, Lost in January, uh, the single. And uh, boy, I am, <laughs> I am definitely a fan of your music. I really do. Ever since the early days of uh, Who Asked You Back? You know, it does seem like a while ago now. It was, yes. That was 2018, which, uh -huh. I mean, especially with a huge pandemic in the middle, does feel like quite a long time past. Yeah, uh, so much has happened in between. Okay, well... I want to get to this first question, and it may be a little bit of a loaded question, but um, in re recording this album, um, what, if anything, did you do differently on this album that you didn't do in the first two or had started to think about in the first two? Um, I feel like, I think I probably had the most fun working on this one. I think on my first album, I, I didn't have a producer on my first album, and so I was just kind of trying to put the songs together. It's it's really hard to get just a, you know a voice and an instrument to sound right recorded because you know you play it live and it sounds a certain way and recording things definitely changes it up because it's, it's sort of a different way of listening to things. So mm -hmm. I think yeah. in the first album I was just kind of trying as much as I could that you know I did get a couple people coming in in a few songs, but for the most part it was pretty much just me, yeah. my instrument, and my second album I started working with my producer that I've been working with for both of these my last two albums Andrew Henninger 
yeah. um, who used to be in Lila Green. And um, that was really a big sort of shift for me to be able to start developing this kind of production sound that I thought translated to, you know, the kind of message I was I was aiming to get across. So we sort of got to dive into that a bit in Screaming Into the Void. And it was just kind of really pleasant coming back to it this mm-hmm. time because there was sort of a level of comfort there and sort of an understanding between the two of us, which was really pleasant because it kind of got to be, you know, we sort of knew the kind of sparse space that we wanted to add in. So we mm-hmm. kind of just got to pull yeah. from, you know, the vaults of what we had and work in a comfortable space and add a few things in that, you know, sort of built on that. But it was really the recording process and production process this time was really enjoyable. Yeah, because I, I think um, in listening back to uh, Screaming Into the Void, uh, I started noticing some back, background textures that are yeah. just much more uh, prevalent in uh, Lost in January, which I was like very amazed. I, a little bit of light synth and there's even some electric guitar in one of the songs and uh, yeah. some all kinds of stuff in there. It's like, wow, this is really great. And you even did some different things with your voice, which was, I think, really amazing. Thank you. I'm glad. I'm really glad that that you um, the listening experience was enjoyable because it was it was really fun to make. Yeah, I, I I have a really good pair of headphones that really cover the entire ear, and I could hear just about everything. Even though I have That's a little awesome. bit of t- tinnitus, but still, you know, it's it's great. Um, now, tell me about some of the musicians that you used in these these tracks. I mean, it's literally me and Andrew. That's it. It's, really? It's, he's, yeah, he's he's amazing. He. Um, really has just kind of a wealth of musical skills to pull from. So mm-hmm. everything you hear in it that's not a harp or a banjo or, you know, something he did on the computer is, is him. So, yeah, just the two of us, really. Okay. Wow. That's great. Um, you know, it's interesting to follow you um, uh, with uh, some of the online gigs that you've played um, and some of them are in pretty unusual venues, would you say? Or maybe they're just <laughs> places I've just never heard of. Uh, they seem like they're kind of uh, more intimate, more like a, more, rather than a concert, more like a living room. Like you would get that very personal experience. Is that what, uh, is that what the kind of uh, venues you kind of seek out? Yes. Well, since I play I perform solo, mm-hmm. which, you know, was sort of a whole part of the production and, and making these albums. I mean, right. obviously, it's a little bit more lush in this one, but a whole part of the, you know, sort of aim is to make it so that it's not super jarring when it's just me and my instruments showing up. <laughs> um, but because of that sort of, you know, sparseness of it, I feel like smaller rooms and, you know, being closer with people is really my, my favorite kind of shows to play, house shows and mm-hmm. living room concerts and other yeah. spaces where, you know, there's just more opportunity to listen. It's definitely my my favorite kind of kind of zones. Yeah, and with the with the kind of songs you're writing and and doing it, uh, and the, some of the depth of the songs themselves, it uh, <laughs> it would kind of necessitate having that more personal and intimate type of experience. Yeah, it's nice to be able to go into the you know some of the more depressing ones. I definitely have had my share of rowdy bars and everything, but I definitely mean heavier on the the at least happier sounding banjo tunes and such. So it's nice sure. to be able to get into the, the nittier grittier of it and have people be able to actually hear what you're, you know, what you're saying, what you're playing and all that. Right, right. Uh, I want to go into some of the uh, inspirations for some of these songs and I'm going to kind of go through them, maybe uh, not all of them, but uh, pretty much the ones that I think are really standouts. Um, 
because they're so they're so thought provoking, introspective, and uh, just sublimely beautiful. Um, I'm gonna, I'd like to start with my favorite one, uh, which we played uh, earlier in the show. Um, tell me about uh, "Restless Lullaby." Ah, uh, that's a that's a funny one. I had I wrote that pretty early. That was one of my first. I want to say five banjo songs. Mm-hmm. I started playing banjo in t- late, very late 2011, and uh, I want to say that was probably around March or something. I could probably find the exact day, but it was mm-hmm. it was one of the earlier ones that I'd written, and I just um, I was sort of you know opening my my ears up to more kind of banjoey Americana music, which I. I'd mostly kind of heard it, I think, as a as a kid in a more kind of bluegrass sort of setting, which was, you know, mm-hmm. heavy picks and the sort of swift movement and that, you know, my skill level at the time and also now is very much so not aligned with that. And I love my miserable music. So I started listening to um, somebody turning on to Serge Rose and mm-hmm. I remember just listening to some of the more dark sounds that she was incorporating in and it was just so beautiful. And so... Uh, that was sort of in that time frame and I was listening to a lot of her music and I just kind of wanted to, I don't know, I, I was messing around with tunings and moving things and, and adjusting stuff and just finding new things that sounded <clears throat> vaguely miserable. <laughs> so <laughs> it was really just a nonsense song. I had I had nothing that, that particularly influenced that one. It was just this very, and I had a lot more of those types of songs really from that time frame where I was just kind of pulling everything out of nowhere and just because I didn't really have a whole lot of I don't know, like inspiration necessarily. I just kind of was like, oh, here's this miserable okay. song in this key and here's how it goes. Yeah, because it sounded like uh, you're singing this to a, a child, young child. Yes. No one in yes, particular? Think, no one in particular, no. I, I just sort of thought that it, it sonically matched the kind of, you know, mournful, please go to hell to sleep kind of vibe. <laughs> yeah. No matter whether, you know, like you said, in, in, in the songs, in the lyrics, it says, well, the, these things can tell you truth or tell you lies. You know, mm-hmm. you, you kind of have to discern that for yourself, you know? Yeah. Indeed. Yeah, indeed. All right. Um, I hope I'm not getting too heavy too soon. Uh, really, I'm not really, at all. I'm really curious about, uh, which I have a feeling I know already the answer to this, uh, about the 19. Yeah. Um that was a heavy one indeed and um, it was interesting so that was just a few days after the Ubaldi shooting in uh-huh. May of last year okay um, and it was just one of those um, songs that kind of screamed out mm-hmm. in a way and you know you have to be in that sort of a mind space of you know, what are we all doing here? And when things like that are happening, it's just, just rips your heart out. Yeah. And I, I feel so helpless. I write a lot of, not a lot. I actually don't really write a lot. Mm-hmm. So when I say a lot, it's, it's within reason. I don't, I, I tend to write when inspiration strikes and sometimes I can force myself into it, but I usually only write maybe a handful of songs a year and only a couple of those I happen to think are decent. But yeah. this one just, I just felt so sad and so, you know, hopeless. I didn't feel like there was anything I could do, so which there wasn't. Yeah. But you know, just to sort of make sense of it in my own head, so that I didn't spend all day crying. I just sat with my harp and tried to process it out. And I, it's always hard for me in music because I want to. I don't want to be writing things that are, you know, super 
one direction or the other. Yeah. I don't want to be getting too. So I try to keep things vague, you know, within my own understanding of them. But, you know, if you listen in, if you sort of open to interpretation, but that one, I will just say, was written in a very, obviously a very sad moment for myself and a sad moment for the country. And exactly. part of, you know, frustration that, yeah. you know, it, it happens again. It doesn't get easier. <laughs> it's exactly. I was like, it just gets harder, right? Sure. Yeah. Sure, I, uh, I I kind of I pretty much figured that out, um, um, and so uh, I said yes. That's one of the ones that practically brought me to tears. I said, I know what she's singing about. I don't know the exact uh, you know uh, incident that you're talking about, but now of course now I do. Um, yeah. uh, get to let's get to the uh, the title track, Lost in January. Yes, that one was. There's always a song I feel like that sort of encapsulates the, the time frame. And that one was sort of it for me. I really hadn't written a harp song in a while. I guess I wrote Lost in January and then the 19 a few months later. But it had oh. been, there hadn't been a whole lot um, that I'd really written on the harp in a while. And it was after the holidays and I was sitting in my car at the beach. And, you know, I always feel this weird, I always feel weird in January because there's so much structure generally mm-hmm. speaking around the holidays because yeah. you have to be here and you have to do this and you have to figure all this stuff out and everything just drops off in January <laughs> and you know you're supposed to like make new plans and yeah. like, oh it's a new year and, but you just feel like I don't know you ate too much last month and you didn't sleep enough and you drank too much it's just a weird it's a weird space and my brain just never really knows what to do with it I feel really lazy in January I feel really lame in January <laughs> and um, don't I don't know all? I get lost in my thoughts but yes a, a common common, a common feeling Yes. I started out writing it just kind of about that. But it was interesting because it, it took a bit of a turn. Uh, I started writing it pretty early in January, and I'd write a verse or so when I'd go to the beach or I'd work on it. And I also can take a fairly long time to write. Sometimes things are quite quick, and sometimes they, they take longer. And I sort of took my time with this one. Oh, yeah. I'd just write a verse at a time. And by the time I got around to, I'd written two verses, and I, you know, sort of about the introspective aspects and getting stuck yeah. in your mind. And then it was an extremely rapid decline. It was my my boyfriend's um, dad, and uh, it was just really sad. He went into the hospital on a mm-hmm. Tuesday, and by the following Monday, he was you know he was gone, was and gone. it just really came up quickly. And yeah. you know, you never want that to happen. You never want anything of this to happen. But just it, and he he ended up going into a coma on the 31st. I think I believe he'd mm. actually passed on the 2nd, but it was sort of the, you know, I'd already had the the chorus, so it was interesting and, you know, dark and sad. So it kind of just obviously lent itself to having that be the third the third verse. Sure, sure. And I, I, I really like the uh, the sort of Celtic feel of the song. It's it's just, mm. it's really nice. Thank you. I mean, it's it's beautiful, but also sad. You know, I, I picked that up. And after doing, you know, diving into all of these songs, I go, whoa, whoa, where's she doing? What's she doing here? <laughs> where's she going with that? Boy, are you really just a, a mess? Are you really that sad? But, oh, uh, I'm pretty sad, but mostly just the music. <laughs> no, but I think that, that it's that those kind of moods, those kind of feelings that make for really good art. You know, when you you really look down on it and says, wow, I don't, where did this come from? You know, where did this inspiration come from? And you weren't, mm-hmm. you weren't aware of it at the time, but now, you know, you look back at it and says, 
wow, this is a really great song. <laughs> and that's yeah. kind of what happens, isn't it? Hindsight, man. <laughs> Gee, really, really. Uh, let's get a little bit more positive. I think one of the most positive songs on here has to be Sunflower. It is just yes. it's wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, I, it's a special one for me because I am almost incapable of writing happy songs. <laughs> and every time I've written a happy song, it makes me want to puke. <laughs> so this is the only happy, I describe it as the only, like it's the happiest song I've ever written that doesn't make me want to hurl. So mm-hmm. I like it just for the fact that I do like it. Um, but yeah, this is, um, you know, it, it, I, I, who asked you back with effectively a breakup album right? and screaming into the void definitely had some other elements in there that aren't maybe as obvious, but yeah. you know, sort of elements to that. And, um, you know, obviously it was kind of fun with this one cause I felt like I was able to just being in a happier space personally. Sure. I mean, I obviously delved into some other miserable directions mm-hmm. cause that's me, but it was nice to be able to have something happy like this and just, you know, a love song and really it's it's pretty much as simple as it seems just one of my favorite people and my favorite flowers <laughs> yeah just uh, it's very very hopeful very positive and uh just had a really good vibe from it actually it, it wasn't my first it wasn't a favorite one at first i go this is a little too happy i'm, I'm getting yeah. into the misery of this album it's like no no yes. no 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 this is this is actually good so it's yeah it's good. a creeper it creeps up on you <laughs> it, it did sneak up on me yes that's true um let me, let me a couple more. It seemed like you got into a uh, sort of a similar tone with like fall apart and downfall. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. am I on the right track there? Yes. Fall apart was an interesting one because technically I wrote that. That was actually a, a fairly older one, sort of from the, the Skimming of the Void time frame. Uh, but it was a little bit after that. And I, mm-hmm. I wrote it sort of not really knowing what was going on. Um, it was about a month before... Uh, the end of a seven-year relationship mm-hmm. and I sort of wrote it because I was in this weird mental state and I didn't really know what was going on and I really felt like I was falling apart but I didn't have enough of the pieces to really know why that was happening yeah. and then I kind of dropped it for a long time because um, I didn't completely finish it I didn't have a, a bridge and and it was funny picking it back up again sort of going through the music that I had trying to find you know cause sometimes when, when you're making your album you're like what do I even have <laughs> And yeah. going back and rediscovering that song was really interesting because at the time I didn't really connect with it because I had no idea what it was about. <laughs> um, I just sort of sang it and then I was like, well, there you go. And, you know, being bridgeless, it just kind of dropped off. But coming back into it was interesting because I was like, oh, this is stuff what I wrote it about. <laughs> sort of the precursor mm-hmm. to this, that that feeling of, you know, just instability and, and being mm-hmm. unsure about yourself and not really knowing where you stand with things so that one kind of came came back in and then downfall was an interesting one because it sort of was you know more positive light and spin almost or at least just a more upbeat sort of take on on my own sort of (laughs) general instability and um you know anxiety is a large factor in my life whether I like it or not but sometimes it you know I can sit with it and I can you know, kind of describe how things are feeling. And sometimes it's, you know, this feeling of being being stuck inside my house and my, you know, sort of inactivity combined yeah. with the anxiety that just makes you feel like you're just rushing towards this downfall, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah, but it was funny because, you know, some of the lyricism in, in the two of those really had some parallels that I didn't realize until after the album was already out. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, you like I, to think like, oh, downfall and, and fall apart. And afterwards I was like, oh. Yeah, this uh, kind of I kind of saw that that similarity as well. You know, I said, 
Wow. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if, if I listen to this album anymore, I mean, I'm going to rush out there and just maybe just give her a hug or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was funny though. But that's that's what's so interesting about it's that what I find most interesting. Mm. Well, not most, but one of the more interesting aspects I think of songwriting is that you know, sort of like the experience with Fall Apart was that I didn't connect with that song. I didn't really think there was much to it. Yeah. And then when you kind of come back to things. And sometimes your subconscious just draws these lines that you didn't even realize were there. Really? Like, it's kind of a weird experience, especially, yeah. you know, the first couple of times listening to the album once it's out. And I, re- I realized some symbolism in a line that I'd written that I didn't think had much to it. And then when you hear it later, you're like, oh, yeah. dang. Like, that's, got, that's got some more in it than... And it connects to other parts of the brain. So anyway, I think it's interesting because there's definitely some elements that I'm not fully aware of that later on will sort of hit me right in the heart and I'm like oh that must have been what that what was happening there. so <laughs> layers I guess sure sure I uh I, I noticed that, and I think it was mentioned online uh, in other places, that uh, you actually did half the tracks with the, that wonderful sounding harp, but the uh, the rest of them were done with that uh, nice little banjo. I call it the ukulele banjo. And uh, Phil, who answered the phone, he saw the kind of a ukanjo uke, or something like something like that. Yeah, it, so it's actually a, it's actually a mini five string. Yeah. Usually, um, banjoleles have four strings and right. they're in the same way as a ukulele, but mm-hmm. this one is, is very similar in size, although the, the neck is longer. The scale length, mm-hmm. uh, I was trying to, in the designing and building of this one, I was, because I built, I built the banjo myself and, and yes. it was finished in 2020. And sort of the idea was that it would be a regular open G tuning, uh, yes. but basically made as small as possible. And you're, of course, sacrificing some of the projection, but yeah. being a fairly soft singer, um, having a quieter instrument was actually a, a side benefit for me. So, yeah, it's a little mini five-string open G tuning. It's, it has a great sound. I mean, both of your instruments, you. they have, they're just very unique, even the way they're recorded. And I think uh, your your producer does a great job in getting the right sound. Uh, I, I agree. <laughs> And even though I I would love to hear what they sound like live, you know, but uh, I don't know. We're, we're way out here in New Nebraska, so um, maybe... We'll, well, sometime. you know, I'm coming into town, um, I believe, around Folk Alliance, so maybe, mm-hmm. I can, maybe I can make a track over if I start planning things soon enough. That would be wonderful. Uh, we would love to have you here, so... Um, anyway... Um, one of the other things, and I hadn't touched upon it, and I didn't know if I was going to, but uh, kind of sidestepped the music a little bit. I think I noticed uh, you had uh, a little section uh, of your website about dress designs and clothing patterns that you've uh, tailored mm-hmm. for people on tight budgets. Mm, it's so DIY, you know? Yeah, sewing has been, um, creativity in general, I feel like, I feel like all parts of the brain, of the creative brain, have different ways of expressing themselves. Right. And a lot of my creative brain, um, especially on a, a, you know, solo independent musician's budget, mm-hmm. is kind of geared around, you know, making, making things out of not very much, <laughs> <laughs> I suppose, and kind of keeping things within a pretty strict budget. Yeah. And um, I'm also tall and awkward and have this very obnoxious, sort of expensive taste in my brain that does not translate well to being, <laughs> you know, objectively poor. Sure. So it's one of those things that, um, yeah, just kind of came about in a very organic way, mm-hmm. which is you need something and it's going to cost a lot and you don't have that. So, you know, how can I utilize my creativity to make this work for me without, you know, 
without breaking the bank and that's yeah. been a really fun exploration for my my brain likes solving problems effectively and I feel like most of my most of my creativity is sort of all intertwined in this problem solving mindset and yeah. um, I feel like making clothes and I make hats now I, um, which has been a really fun side project for wow. me um, around it just locally it's, there's sort of a pain to shit that I do custom hat making now which you know is sort of a thing that came out of nowhere but it's all in the solving columns I needed a hat I needed a what have you I'm about to start making my first mm-hmm. pair of jeans so wow. that's gonna be exciting. but yeah I'm excited to share you know whenever I come up with something I, I sort of have an unconventional approach to sewing um, which is that yeah. I'm not I'm a, I'm a terrible purist. I don't iron things. I don't, <laughs> I don't do much. I don't follow a lot of the processes that you're supposed to. But, yeah. you know, I like to think that creativity has space for everybody and you can still have a good outcome even if you aren't following specifically the rules. So that's kind of the thought process behind the patterns and helping others scatter brain people that have my mindset. You know, I think a lot of things are really rigid and sewing can be very rigid. Yeah. And so, but I, you know, so a lot of people, myself included, just didn't want to sew because it had to be this really rigid thing and you had to do everything just right and I didn't feel like I was going to do that. So, I like to just share with people that maybe it doesn't turn out as 100% perfect as someone who follows all the rules perfectly. If you don't care <laughs> or if it looks basically the same in the end, then, you know, just kind of showing other funky people, creative people that you can probably do it the way I do and it'll maybe work out. <laughs> It seems like it because uh, you wear a lot of the things that you, you make yourself in like uh, some of the videos that you do. Isn't that yeah, correct? Yeah, almost everything. Jeans <sighs> are the only thing I don't, I don't make myself. Yeah. Days. But, but, uh, that's hopefully but some of the, some of the stuff you made are just amazing. They're just Thank absolutely so gorgeous. Um, I really appreciate that. <laughs> I know coming from a guy, right? <laughs> Maybe we, we don't really know, notice all that stuff, but I do. Well, that's you know? actually good, though. If, I mean, my, my sort of goal with making things is, like, I'm hoping that people aren't looking at it being like, oh, yeah, she made that. Like, I'm trying to have it be, you know, as neutral as possible. Just, no, you know, it, things it's that just, are simple and fit me well. It just, they just look great. They just have this wonderful, very very natural feel and, and effect. They're probably just more more comfortable than anything that you're going to buy. Yeah, <laughs> that's not a very important, that, very important part. Very, very, very much so. Uh, well, you know, um, I've just, I, I wrote all these notes down and I think we've already covered most of it, but I was just going to say, uh, uh, I think I mentioned about the sadness and the scenery. Yes. Uh, 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 this, you know, some of the melancholy sorrow that's, you know, in the music. And I think kind of uh, the first two albums may seem more like a rehearsal and uh, to this particular album, because I think everything that you've been doing has been leading up to this, to Lost in January. And I, I've just, I'm totally knocked out by it. And I've, I've seen a lot of different uh, uh, reviews of the album. They have all said just so much positive stuff. Yeah, I was, I was, you know, it's really scary putting it, <laughs> continuing to put music out because you just, you know, you just don't know how anyone's going to take it. And then there's always the fear that someone's going to be like, this was better. Well, I didn't, I don't like that. And of course, I'm sure that's part of it for some people, the few people that actually listen to my music. But, you know, I, I feel like it's, if I can just keep putting out music that I like and I enjoy the process of and, and everything, then it just has to, has to hopefully you know, resonate with who it resonates with. And I'm so glad it resonated with you. That's really wonderful. And it's, it's funny because I'm already done a bunch of, well, a bunch for me again, uh-huh. <laughs> a yeah. bunch of songwriting, three whole songs. No, um, no. But, 
they're, for they're my just, next album coming up. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's already fun to kind of have the, the ball just continuously moving because it's a it's an ever moving target with creativity. You just kind of put something out and then you go, okay, what's next? So, but I, I absolutely love this album and I'm so glad that that it resonates with you because that, that's the best awesome thing I could hear. <laughs> yeah, fellow Californian, you know, or you know, my heart's still in California because they. I grew up there, you know, but uh, I'm stuck out here now. So, but that's <laughs> not really. It's it's not that bad. Um, so, um, let me just say a couple of uh, last things here. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, I really, really resonate with not only the, the lyrics, but your the, the vocals. Your vocal, uh, you know, how you present your vocals. Sometimes it's just barely a whisper and sometimes you know you're just right there but the production of these of the songs has just been really really amazing and i've just i've been so blown away since the first time i heard all these songs like oh gosh where is she going where, where, where is this what is she doing to me you know i was like i'm practically crying over all these songs it, it's it was just a very emotional experience and uh, i like that you seem to be willing to, or not afraid to what they say in um yeah i i just came right before this interview i was coming back from a church service that i just went to and our church we we have a little phrase that we say we like to embrace the mess of our lives and transform Love it that. into something very sublimely exquisite and for you that's your art and uh everything else that you do that's creative um it seems like wow where does she go from here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, just, you said it. <laughs> okay. Uh, Ella, it's such a pleasure to talk to you. Um, uh, I got a little note here from Deb. She said, uh, oh, yeah, uh, probably the last question I would say, where, if anybody's out there listening to this, and I'm sure they will be, uh, where they find your music. I know where to find it, but uh, they may not know. Of course. Um, yeah, everything is on Spotify and Apple Music and all your streaming mm -hmm. sites. And also if they want to check out my YouTube, it's an interesting sort of smattering of um, live music videos and, um, yes. you know, sort of official music videos and mm -hmm. audio for all the songs I've put out. Mm -hmm. And also just a bunch of creativity and sewing videos. I've got a couple of shorts on making my banjo and and sure. other things like that. Uh -huh. So yeah, something to check out. I have um, the music video for Restless Lullaby is, I actually have it uploaded to YouTube. Now I'm just waiting to push the button, which is scarier than you might think. <laughs> um, but I have one already finished for last uh -huh. January and the one for Runaway is also in the works. So sure, sure. keep an eye on YouTube. That's probably the most yeah. visually, you know, connected one. So. And you also have your own website too, right? I do, lheart.com. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, and other social media that we people can find you. Yes, I'm Ella Hart just about everywhere. So Instagram, Facebook. I think it's Ella Hart Music on Facebook. And okay. I technically have a TikTok, and I begrudgingly just repost everything I post on <laughs> on uh, Instagram. Yeah. But I am not. I'm not young enough for that. <laughs> <laughs> I try. I do. Uh, yes, I noticed that uh, on uh, your website that you had a. Uh, uh, posters i think uh a while back and one of them it mentioned a birthday concert that you recently had was that in uh, august was that in august that was mm -hmm, yes end of august uh-huh okay which was quite fun at, at uh bottom of the hill that one was 
Mm-hmm. That was a fun show. It was it was it was a funny one though because um, you know there's you you have shows and you play yeah. shows and you you go to them and you really have no idea and sometimes everyone surprises you and everyone ends up showing up and sometimes it's just it's like a mass inconvenience for everyone <laughs> and and sometimes like you know, just it was one of those shows it was so fun and I was opening for Will Sexton and Amy LeVert. it was a beautiful mm-hmm. show wow. and it was so incredibly. empty (laughs) but you know what was funny about it was we had the greatest time the wonderful night and i ended up getting covid literally and so and i'm pretty sure my boyfriend may have had covid at that time so if we had had a ton of people show up to that show we probably would have been a super spreader (laughs) oh well, it's it's been a joy to talk to you uh, again. It's been wonderful thing yes. for me. Thank you so much. And we're looking forward to uh, the time that, whenever that time will be, when uh, we'll actually see you here in person. Yes, I'm going to start trying to organize that if I can. I would love to come down there when I'm when I'm out in February. Yeah, there is quite a following for uh, the kind of uh, the kind of music you do, and uh, I mean a huge Americana uh, and that type of stuff out here. Uh, huge following. So, yeah, you would uh, probably get a pretty good crowd. Well, that sounds very appealing. I will definitely let you guys know if something changes. Sure, sure. Okay. Anyway, also, uh, Deb was, uh, yes, Deb was saying that we do have a studio here at at the station and uh, totally big enough for you to actually come and play live. If that oh, that would be delightful. Then you could try to hear it. Oh, I would. That would be wonderful. I'd be. I'd be in heaven. <laughs> well, thank you, Ella. It's been wonderful to talk to you again, and uh, we'll thank be looking. You so much. We'll be looking forward to whatever happens in your future. I, I, I hope it's all all good. Hey, I just want to kind of butt in, and it's sure. been a fantastic interview. Thank you so much, Ella Hart, for. Uh, talking with us again. Um, I'm Deb. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's yes. super great. Um, I know um, Vic picked out a couple songs to end uh, the segment with, and um, I just kind of want to know what your opinion would be, what you'd like to end with. Hmm. Let's see. Um, what has been played already? Uh, we played Restless. I, I came on when Sunflower was playing. Uh, yeah, we played Restless Lullaby, The 19, and Sunflower. Oh, interesting. Um, I mean, I don't know if we want to leave them on a, on a, on a down note. So maybe we could do, um, I would say Jenna, but Jenna's pretty much well. Maybe Downfall? A Downfall? Sure. Yeah. Uh, track six. Uh, track six. All right. Well, let's do that. And, and thank you so much again. Thank for you, Absolutely. Absolutely. It's been a really pleasure. And we're looking forward to being in the studio. And thank you, Vic Valverde, for doing this great interview once Uh, again with Ella Harp. I think you're becoming a regular Ella. (laughs) Yes. Um, Okay with that. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, yeah, yesterday uh, on my show, I played, uh, I definitely had to play Lost in January because, yeah, I I do that, you know. I I play your stuff. I do. really do. He does. He's a great supporter of you. So always support. Well, you're welcome. You guys are great. Okay. Well, Let's go out with uh, Downfall, and uh, I've been talking to Ella Harp here on Sweethearts and Badasses of Americana Beyond with uh, Vic Valverde and Ella Harp, and this is Downfall from the brand new album. What's the brand new album again, Vic? Lost in January. There we go. Well, 